Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, you are listening to Girlfriend It Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And Lisa still is, she's still in Cairo this week, and um, we're going to be talking today about have you ever had a moment where you feel completely lost? And I have to admit, I've had several of those moments with Lisa being gone for the last couple of weeks, and I know she's having a blast in Cairo, um, but I definitely miss her. And we're going to go deeper into that topic today, but let's first introduce our guest, Deborah M. Cody. She has a gift for getting across sound biblical concepts with refreshing lightheartedness. She's able to use humor to engage her readers and to get to the heart of the topics women struggle with most. Deborah began writing to fill the void when her youngest child left for college, and it has since become a passion of hers. She is the author of 14 books, including To Love to Be Lost, Fear, Faith, and a Fistful of Chocolate, More Beauty, Less Beast, and Too Blessed to be Stressed. She has also contributed to numerous devotionals for women. Uh, She writes a monthly newspaper column titled Grace Notes, God's Grace for Everyday Living. And in addition to being a published author and popular speaker, Deborah is an orthopedic occupational therapist and a tennis addict. Well, Deborah, welcome to the show. And I have to tell you, I was on the tennis team um, in high school, and I was number 15 out of 15 players. That's how good I am. Well, hey, girl, I wasn't so out there either. But you know what? It, it seems like we get better as we get older with tennis. That's one of those <laughs> rare things. My my husband is just an, an avid athlete. So um, whatever he touches, he, you know, he played baseball in high school and college and uh, football, and he plays racquetball. So I find myself comparing my tennis abilities to his. And when he... <laughs> When he serves and he just kills me on every serve, you you slowly start giving up. But I love that you play tennis, and I hope you get to play it often. Well, I do, and you know that's the key. Don't play, don't play men because they do overpower you at the net and <laughs> with their serve. But I play a lot of doubles with women, and it's a subculture that people don't really realize exists out there. It's great fun. You get out, you get exercise, you get camaraderie, you get girlfriends. It's awesome. I, I, I need to go that, that route. Um, I, what, what state do you live in? I'm in Tampa, so I'm in Florida, and tennis is real big down here. Oh, yeah, because you have the weather. Yes, we do. I was out playing yesterday, and it was just gorgeous, mid-70s, pleasant little breeze, sunny, oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Arizona, um, I, it, we definitely have the weather, 
but you have the sun. So you get mm-hmm. to the point where if you could play, you know, with an umbrella, I would be okay if I, a, <laughs> if I had a ball boy and someone that just carried an umbrella as I ran across the courts, then I would do okay. <laughs> Not expecting a whole lot, am I? <laughs> well, That's great. <laughs> we're excited to have you on the show today. And we're, we're talking about um, just that that feeling of being totally lost where you just, you wake up in the morning and I don't know if you have that feeling of discontentment or, um, the apathy, but you just feel like, okay, God, help me out here. You know, what's the path that I need to be on? Um, we want God to put the writing on the wall and yet part of that, you know, wandering in the desert and being lost is also a part of, um, joining God and seeking him and just figuring out where he wants you to be in your, in your newest book to love, to be lost. It's about discovering God's intentional, unconditional, without limits love. So tell us why you felt so compelled to write this book. Well, for several reasons. Um, first of all, just to touch on what you just said about that lost feeling, I have that all the time because I am so directionally challenged in the worst way. Um, I get lost every time I go anywhere, even with my GPS. I do have a GPS, and she is an Aussie-voiced female. Uh, I call Olivia, uh, and she is absolutely nothing like her namesake, Olivia Newton-John, because she is never mellow. Oh, my goodness. This, my GPS, Olivia, keeps her metallic panties in a wad constantly. Um, and I swear, after the third recalculating, and you know she says it with an attitude, I swear <laughs> she, she mutters, what in the world were you thinking? And I feel so judged by my GPS. Do you have that problem? Does your GPS judge you too? I, I do feel, um, Lisa and I actually call um, it Dorcas is the name of <laughs> Um, and, uh, but it's interesting because, um, I end up driving because Lisa can navigate, um, when we're, you know, when we go to conferences and when we're traveling in places we've never been. Um, and sometimes we have used the GPS and actually have, um, gotten lost and we lost. Yeah. Yeah. You laugh because you think, oh, there's no way that, you know, and usually it's because of the way we put the address in or we're in the wrong city, (laughs) whatever, you know, so it is our fault, but we, we like to blame her. And I am so challenged uh, with my directions as well. And it's, I'm always in awe. I have kids that aren't challenged this way. And I I don't know really whose children they are because (laughs) (laughs) I'm horrible getting places. Well, I can identify with that, and I really think a lot of women, most women, experience that helpless, hopeless feeling of lostness at some Mm -hmm. point in their lives. It might be after a devastating loss or severe disappointment or disillusionment with life, but whatever the reason, they lose their heart compass, and then they find themselves wandering in a spiritual desert, like you mentioned, without purpose or direction. And that was why I wrote To Love To Be Lost, to to help and support and encourage women through those lost times um, with some simple, easy-to-follow things they can do uh, to help recalculate their life journey to that amazing place of peace where we all all want to get there, that peaceful place where we can 
feel and enjoy and revel in Papa God's unending love. Mm. So you just felt compelled um, to write this because of some of the emotions that you have, have dealt with? Or were you seeing this just with so many women that you were around? Oh, both. But I have, uh, as a traveler, um, I speak at women's events, so I travel quite a lot. And I have met so many women who view God as a a stern, judgmental, impersonal entity lurking nearby with a frown and a big stick just waiting to smite us to smithereens when we mess up. And I, I really don't like that, what I call perspective of Papa God. By the way, a perspective is very different than his-spective. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, most of the time women see uh, Papa God that way because of perhaps a harsh experience they've had in their past with maybe an angry father or a relentless coach or a very strict teacher. But what I want to tell them through my book is that that is so not Papa God. Uh, Sure, our Heavenly Father is holy and just. He's righteous, and he wants us to be too. But that doesn't make him a mean old hulking principal hovering in the hallway with a big paddle. Mm -hmm. Papa God has so many other attributes as well. He's kind merciful, he's faithful, he's slow to anger, and he's unconditionally loving. And that unconditional love is what I want to focus on in To Love To Be Lost. Well, it's interesting, Deborah, that you say that. I I grew up in a more um, legalistic background, and I I didn't realize that I had such a skewed perspective until um, you're, you're raising your own kids. And I think having children has helped me view how God Mm -hmm. loves us unconditionally, where, um, you do have a tendency to, uh, do the, the self-talk on how horrible that you are and how disappointed God must, must be in you. If, you know, if I don't check off my, my, you know, quiet time in the morning, or I didn't, you know, have that spiritual discipline, you, you find yourself doing that rather than going, would I feel this way to, for my child if they didn't spend that, you know, 30 minutes with me this morning and just rushed out the door? It's like, no, you give them <laughs> that grace. And yet um, I love it when they take the time, you know, to want to talk with me and spend that time with me. But um, I think it helps when you're able to even see it as a mom. Oh, yes, it's really true. And um, I have a story in my book that that you just reminded me of um, that brought the scripture, uh, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, Hebrews 13.5. It brought it to absolute life. Do, Do you have time for me to tell you a quick story? Yes, and you know what? We actually have about a minute and 30, so um, if I cut you off, just know I'm that way and I'm rude. So do this. (laughs) Okay, well, this took place when my daughter was seven, and she was uh, very attached to me by the umbilical cord. Um, And she had always had separation anxiety since the day she was born, but she was really worse this one summer. Uh, And we always have a Daytona Beach timeshare weekend that we go to with my parents and my sister and her family. And my kids, my son and daughter, love playing with their cousins. And so we were there this one year when my daughter was seven, 
And uh, my husband and I got word that we were going to need to come home early, three days early, to take care of something at home. And we weren't sure what to do. Um, We wanted to leave the kids there because my parents said they would bring them back to us afterwards. And we knew they would enjoy being there with their cousins and whatnot. But my son was no problem. But my daughter, we weren't sure how to handle it because we were afraid she would just melt down and ruin the whole thing. So, um, oh, boy, I made the worst decision of my life. I thought, well, it made total sense at the time, you know, even though I look back now and cringe, I thought, well, we just won't tell her. We'll just disappear and not tell her. Well, we did that. We snuck our luggage into the car, and while she was out playing with her cousin, we just... And you know what, Deborah? Hold that thought. We're going to go on a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Okay. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show. We are uh, talking with Deborah M. Cody, author of To Love to Be Lost. And Deborah, you had us hanging there um, that you just snuck out of the house with your suitcases. And I, I have a feeling where this is going. So I really want to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> no. Well, um, we did. We snuck out. We got in the car. We turned off our phones. And my husband and I were just giddy on the way home, expecting this nice, wonderful three-day adult time out where we had time from the kids. And, and I didn't worry. I didn't fret. I had no guilt until three hours later when I walked in the door of my house and there was my daughter's poor, pathetic, limp little teddy bear hanging over the couch where she had left him. And when I looked at that thing just hanging there, all of a sudden it hit me what I had done. I had abandoned my daughter. And she was too young to understand why we had left. Um, and, you know, I, my mother called immediately, and we had just tears for three days. And she <laughs> would describe this little girl sitting by herself mourning. She wouldn't eat. She wouldn't play. She wouldn't swim. She mm-hmm. wouldn't do anything but sit there and mourn, uh, deeply mourn, the loss of this one person in her life that she trusted. Mm-hmm. 
oh, I'm choking up now just telling you the story. But, you know, it, it, it was a terrible decision, but it really, really made it very clear to me the importance of Hebrews 13:5, when Papa God promises us, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Uh, and also Psalm 136:1, God's love never fails. And we can't do that as human beings. We're going to fail. We're going to uh, have abandonment issues because we're human, but Papa God never will. And that security is something to bank on. And that was one of the main things I wanted to get across and to love to be lost. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you also mention um, in your book that you believe women today, they spend a lot of time and, and just like you, you shared, um, you know, there are many ta- many women that do feel abandoned and how cool that we have that promise from God. But they, they spend a lot of time feeling taken advantage of, judged unfairly, uh, accepted only, you know, with certain boundaries involved. So do you feel that that has changed over the last hundred years uh, uh, or that women have always felt this way? Well, I think to a certain point, probably women have always felt this way, but even more today, um, we feel so conditionally loved because our acceptance with society, with our friends, our uh, uh, different places that we are members of, including churches, um, sometimes that acceptance is based on our looks or our behavior or our achievements, not really on who we are inside mm-hmm. our skins. And, you know, that, that all of those things will fade and they'll fail and our talents will become rusty and our achievements will wane and our, we're going to age. We're going to lose our looks at some point. These are all factors beyond our control. But it's so important to know that despite all of that, that there is one who does not ever condemn us or critique us, but instead he will love us and forgive us and accept us. Quirks, meltdowns, bits, and the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to comprehend that when we, every day we're surrounded by, by people to just, it sounds, you know, so trite and cliche to say just, you know, you're the audience of one and he won't abandon you. He loves you unconditionally. And it's interesting. I, I just read this study that said that three minutes uh, spent looking at a fashion magazine caused 70% of women to feel depressed, guilty, and shameful. Um, and that we actually see about 400 to 600 advertisements per day. So if we're, <laughs> we're seeing that many ads in front of our face and it only takes three minutes to make us feel depressed and guilty. It, I just thought that was so interesting that we don't even realize that our mind is taking those pictures and filing that. Um, and, you know, you see it so all around you with the pharmaceutical, you know, just the commercials out there showing all of these women that are suffering from eating disorders or, uh, de- you know, having to be on antidepressants and to see that the root of some of these problems are often linked to just the rampant advertising that portray that, you know, skinny, overly bronzed, you know, women as this is your ideal woman that you're supposed to be. And uh, if we just would take the time to spend it thinking of other things and getting into God's word and understanding how much 
God just truly loves us and, and created us this way. And, and one more thing, I find it interesting that the body type portrayed in advertising as the, you know, the ideal woman um, is possessed naturally by only 5% of American mm. females. So when you think I, that this, this is what I'm looking at as my ideal, sure. this is who I need to be, and only 5% even have that. Well, I'm surprised it's even that high. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the comparison thing is, is exactly what really, really eats on us, and the enemy knows that. Um, and I, I have a section in my book about dealing with being a have-not in a sea of haves, because mm-hmm. I think that can happen to us, and it does happen to us very, very frequently when we feel unloved and or unlovable. Uh, when we're not accepted by a group or an individual. And I think it's important uh, that we realize we will never be a have in every single social circle in which we orbit. We -hmm. will always at some point be a have-not. But there's a difference between being a humiliated have-not and transforming into a happy have-not. And Mm -hmm. honestly, that principle has has been amazing. It's made an incredible difference in my life. Just as an example... I belong, as we mentioned tennis earlier, well, uh, we're ranked on level 3.5, 4.0, 4.5, et cetera, and anybody over about a six uh, is looking at playing at Wimbledon. Um, so I am actually in the 4.0 category. Well, within that category, there are low, medium, and high-level skills for 4.0, and I'm just barely squeaked over the bottom line with that. So I have to play against other 4.0s who are much better than me sometimes. And I play regularly on a team with girls that are quite much, much better than me. And they know it, and I know it, and we all know that I'm a have-not in that group. And for a long time, I just completely felt like a humiliated have-not. I looked at myself in comparison, just like you mentioned before with the, the models that we see on TV. I was constantly comparing my skill level with them, and I was always found wanting, always measured and weighed and found wanting. And so I knew I couldn't live that way because that is not how Papa God wants us. He wants us to feel completely worth while not worthless and i had talked to myself that self-talk you mentioned talked to myself into feeling worthless Mm -hmm. and so i came up with the idea and some things that that we can do to help us become a happy have not uh instead of a humiliated have not and one day i was actually um driving in a car with two other gals in about the same position i am on this team and they were saying you know we're we're just about to quit We, we you know we can't going like this this is just destroying us inside and you know we're always always going to be the have-nots and and i said oh let me tell you something so we talked about becoming a happy have-not and it's made a world of difference in all of all three of us we see each other and we we have our little secret happy have-not handshake that we do and you know we high high five our have-not and it's just it's made a huge difference Uh, and these gals are both believers and once it came out in the open and we were able to talk about it and we were able to um, do some of these things that I talk about in the book that will help uh, make that transformation, it really was amazing. Well, what are a few tips that you can help our listeners? And, and I also encourage them, they can find your book on our website as well as you're on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, so let them know your your website of where they can uh, – get a hold of you and then 
tell us a few more tips. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to squeeze in as many as I can. You'll just have to tell me to stop talking <laughs> when it's time. But I'm at DebraCody.com. That's D-E-B-O-R-A-C-O-T-Y. No H on Debra. Um, but a couple of the things that I strongly advise are, one, to get into the Word, because that is where we get our sustenance. And I have a system that is quite simple. They're called Life Savers. And I list in my book... Um, two years' worth of little scriptures that are 20 words or less. They're short, brief, but super powerful. They're awesome. And if we can memorize them once a month, and I tell how to do that easy. I'm a sticky note queen. So you put one on your calendar at the beginning of each month, and then you transfer it as you flip the page to your sticky notes and your iPad, and you put them all over the place in your visor, in your car, in your stash of chocolate, in your underwear drawer, everywhere you go, your makeup, so that when you see them, immediately you read it out loud. And these are little short, pithy verses. They're 20 words or less. And um, pretty soon those are going to embed themselves in your heart and your mind, and Papa God can talk to you. And that's how he speaks to us, through his word. And we're able to communicate with him at any time, not just us talking to him and spilling our guts, but him talking back. And it's, um, it's huge. It's very important that we do that. And the other thing that we can do when we're feeling unloved and unlovable is CUDDLE, and that's an acronym that I use, C-U-D-D-L-E. C is climb up into Papa God's lap. Just like when we needed reassurance as a little girl from our parents and we would climb into those warm, soft embraces of the ones who loved us, um, Papa's enveloping arms are ready for their, to welcome us anytime we need it. Uh, and then U is unload to drop the heavy load that we lug around, uh, and our feelings of self-worth are often exacerbated by fatigue. So we need to look at our calendars and consider a possible diagnosis of constipated calendar. And if we find that that's true, then we need to look at it having an activity enema. Talk about some ways to do that. I know that's gross, but it, hey, it's true. Um, and then we also need to, the first D, is to daydream. That's something we don't allow ourselves to do very often. But we need to mentally fly away upon occasion, um, to emotionally unplug, and to just dare to imagine. I talk about some different ways to do that, of opening up that small window of happiness. And the second D is dance to the music in your soul. Uh, we don't hear that music very often because we keep it muted with a cacophony of life. But we need to dance. We need to twirl in the rain. We need to get back in touch with the freedom of pure joy. Uh, the U, I mean, excuse me, I'm on L. The L is to let go of our imagined unworthiness. That is just a lie. It, we are truly treasured and understood and heard by Papa God. Um, and we need to remember Jesus will never, ever reject us. He thinks we're to die for and the last letter is E, evolve into a higher being. Stop being so hard on yourself. We have to resolve to treat ourselves as our own BFFs, which I consider to be blessed friend forever. And when others see how much we respect ourselves, they will respect us too. Mm. Oh, we thank you for that. And that was perfect timing because we are right at the end of the segment here. Deborah, we thank you so much for being on our show and giving us those cuddle tips. So stay with us and we'll be right back after this break.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. I hope you were able to write down all those tips from Deborah Cody. I love the cuddle tips. And if not, we will have those on our sites for you to look up later. Our next guest today is from our partner ministry called Bloom. Bloom is a dynamic group of girlfriends who all share the life experience of being church planting pastor's wives. Bloom is a part of Stadia, a church planting ministry which is helping to launch churches globally. Bloom is also uh, significant as it provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners' spouses so they can provide the same to their families, staffs, and churches. Well, we want to welcome with us today, we have Michelle Parker from Bloom. Michelle and her husband, David, started Summit Life Church in Sedona, Arizona. Michelle, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Well, um, okay, so we are actually in Arizona, and I'm assuming, are you still in Sedona? I am. I'm not there today. I'm actually in Las Vegas today, but um, yeah, we're still in Sedona. Been there two years. Two years. Okay, so um, Lisa and I are both natives uh, of Arizona, and it's interesting because Sedona is like the place to go. Uh, as a child, when uh, just growing up, we would always go there to Slide Rock, and we would um, go cliff diving off of Grasshopper Point. But for those of you who have never been to Sedona, it's the most amazing. I would put it up there like <laughs> with the Grand Canyon because – 
just the mountains. It, when you walk outside and you see these red mountains, it's it's a painting. It's so beautiful. So, it, it, do you realize how fortunate you are to live <laughs> in Sedona? I do. You know, it's funny because I took a trip to the Grand Canyon. Oh, maybe a year ago, the first time I had ever been there, and I was like, "Oh, it's a big hole." I don't. After you live in Sedona, it's like. Okay, um, yeah, that's great, but I think I'd actually have to hike down in the Grand Canyon to really yes. appreciate the Grand Canyon after living in Sedona. It's just gorgeous. I, I would agree, and I, I've done both. Um, I've hiked down in the Grand Canyon and stayed a couple nights at the bottom and did the whole Colorado River, I, It and it is stunning. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful, but um, hiking there in, in Sedona and going, uh, it's and maybe it's growing up in Arizona and not having the the bright green like you know people back east have. But when you drive just a couple hours from where I live to get to Sedona, and you have the bright red mountains and the bright green pine trees and the grass, ugh, it's just stunning. It really is. Now it's interesting there in Sedona because I think it's the highest saturated place for um, millionaires. Did you know that? Um, I've met probably met a few. <laughs> yes, and it's also a highly saturated uh, place for those, um, I don't know, I want to say vortex people, so new age and, and right, um, right. interesting groups. So you have your hands full. We do. It's, it's definitely a totally different climate. I moved from north of Chicago um, where I spent about 15 years, and um, then we were called to Sedona. We had absolutely no idea really what we were getting into um, but many people, you know, they refer to Sedona as kind of one of your new age meccas in the United States. So three million people come through Sedona looking for spiritual things, um, a lot of earth religion and those sorts of things. So um, though it's a beautiful place um, and it's very, you know, lots of light and love and happiness in Sedona. Um, yeah. It's also a very oppressed place because um, there's just a lot of false religion there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I, I hike there quite often. I love the trails, and you will come across, yeah, different like vortex with the rocks and and uh, in the trees and yep, all kinds yes. of stuff. <laughs> yes, it's very interesting. So I, I'm I'm intrigued as to why Arizona and what what is your your story there and how you met that calling. Um. You know, it's it's an amazing story. It's kind of a lengthy story, so I'm trying to come up with a condensed version. But um, I think ultimately I felt like God just really needed to have um, a creative story that we would be able to share in Sedona because um, it's such a creative place. And so he crafted this beautiful, amazing story of a calling for our family that um, we couldn't deny um, just kind of spoke things, um, and in almost in the supernatural, you know, like through dreams and through um, amazing things on the internet and connections with people, and um, so we're able to tell this story to people, and they, they you just can't deny it. You know, we didn't fabricate it, we didn't make it up, um, and honestly, I tell people. Um, a lot of um, other planters' wives, other church pastors or ministry leaders, you know, that the calling that God has on your life, <laughs> you're going to need it. You're going to need to come back to those moments and recall, you know, what God said and when God said go and how God said to go and when he said um, when it gets hard and it gets tough. 
and you're tired. You need to have that to go back to. So God gave us a really, really cool story um, mm-hmm. several years ago, and we rely heavily on that. I want to hear a little bit more about um, the, the dreams, because I think uh, in America, we have a tendency to, as a matter of fact, I just had this conversation last night. My daughter went to um, church last night, was having a, a horrible day, did not want to go to church. And when I prayed, I prayed that she could really see God's miracles and just daily, you know, and when she got home, she, um, <laughs> in, in a not very good attitude said, you know, I, I, I didn't see God. I didn't see any miracles. <laughs> I didn't. And I think that is just the, the average American is like, I, I don't see God. I, I don't see his miracles. And we mm-hmm. have a tendency, you know, Oh, that was a couple thousand years ago. And we don't expect God to show up. We have our comfort, we have, you know, our instant gratification. And so, so many times, you know, we're just talking today about when we feel lost and many times it's just the apathy of life and and not knowing the path that God has you going down. But we want those answers when we pray, we want to see it that night. And so just Mm -hmm. like my daughter coming home saying, I didn't see any miracles. And as we were going through the night, I, I asked her what happened here, and she she explained it to me. I said, you know, you, you get that that was God. That was God showing up in that relationship. That was God when you were playing ping pong and you had a blast. And having to walk through to show her where God showed up. So I want to go back to your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit more about that because we think, oh, God doesn't talk to us in dreams, yet alone on the Internet, because we, we're not even looking. Yeah, Um it it really is a cool story. Um, back in 2012, I want to get my years all goofed up, but that's okay because it's been a while. <laughs> um, my husband and I just really felt a calling into church planting, and so um, I'm going to tell you some some crazy God stories and and brag on him for just a little bit. Um, but my husband and I went away to a retreat together, and um, we're just really wanting to see God and His direction. And I'm kind of one of those people that. Um, I don't mind asking God, um, to show me things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind believing them when he does. Um, that's not always true. I can honestly say I'm in a season right now where I'm asking and I'm not, I'm not really getting what I want and I'm not sure how to, how to deal with that. Sometimes I'm not, feel like a spoiled little girl, like this isn't fair. You're not showing me like you did before. Um, but in this particular season, you know, we were there and I went on a jog and I've had one of those moments, those intense moments where you're so desperate um, to be connected to God. And I'm running through the, through the woods. I don't know how I ended up here, but I was just desperate. I'm like, God, I just need you to show me, like, beyond doubt that you're with me and that you have a plan for us. And I, and I need an answer. And so that week, um, I was asking him for, th- for two very specific pictures um, so that we would know whether we were to plant or we were to stay rooted where we were in the church um, north of Chicago. And so that week I had asked, I said, and it was the middle of March in Michigan, so there's no real vegetation. It's very, you know, it's cold still in Michigan. And I said, I, I want to see one flower. Um, and 
out of, and, and the, I know that sounds crazy. You know, sometimes I just, I need the simple, um, because I'm a simple person. And my husband and I are walking out of dinner and we look over and out of concrete, not out of grass, but out of concrete is this beautiful purple pansy, um, growing in <laughs> March out of a fountain. And, um, and I said, there it is. And my husband's like, there's what? Cause I had not shared with him kind of these things, these specific things that I had to ask God to show me so that I had clarity. And he said, what does that mean? And I shared with him, I said, it, it means we're going where God is calling us to plant a church. And I know that sounds crazy. Um, those kinds of things. And so God, that's just how the story began. And then we move into, um, we had another family that, um, they'd really been feeling called to go to Sedona. We'd never even heard of Sedona. Um, but they had, you know, lived in Arizona for a season. And so they kept just telling us we really feel called to Arizona. And so we packed them up in August of 2012, I believe. And, um, at that point I was really sensing God saying, I'm, I'm going to send you there. But I didn't want to tell my husband because I wanted God to confirm that in him. Um, I no way wanted to manipulate that or be wrong, you know, um, so my husband at the time, he'd been going through some church planning training and teaching, and he was supposed to be like studying his culture or where we would be planting and really digging in. And one night he, we go up to our room after we put our kids in bed, and um, he's just like, I, I, I need to know where we're going. And we keep having this conversation. We really thought we'd be going back to Nashville, Tennessee. Um because he's a, he writes country music and he sings country music and we love the artist community there. So we were really, we're thinking, well, maybe that's where God's going to send us because that's what we know and that's what's familiar. And that night he went to bed just begging God, please just show us where we're going. Please tell us where we, go, where we're going so we can prepare, you know? And that night our friends in Arizona, they had already moved to Sedona, the, husband of this family, they began attending a church in Cottonwood, and he had just started playing on the worship team, and the worship uh, pastor had the worship team reading a book. um, Okay, Michelle, we're going to hold thought you're reading a book. We're going to go on a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Fantastic. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. 
For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with lessons in joyful living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back with Michelle Parker from Bloom, and Michelle and her husband David started Summit Life Church in Sedona, Arizona. Uh, we've been talking today about being lost and how do we see God and how do we even know where he's calling us to go. And Michelle, you were right in the middle of a story where your friends grabbed a book. So yeah. hit it from there. <laughs> All righty. So um, my good friend Scott, he starts playing on this worship team in Cottonwood, Arizona. And the worship pastor says, hey, we're reading this book. Um, why don't you just pick it up in chapter 14 where we're at? You read that chapter, and then when you're finished, I'm going to blog on it. You can hop on, read the blog, and you can comment. So easy enough. Scott's like, okay, I can do that. Picks up the book, starts reading chapter 14. And the book is by Bob Coughlin, and it's about um, ex- being expressive in worship or and that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the blog is about that week. Um, and so Scott starts, and it's been, now keep in mind, this is, the same night, my husband's in Illinois <laughs> asking and begging God, please just show us where we're going. Mm-hmm. Just We need to know. And so at the exact same time, in a different time zone, he's getting on. He's reading this blog. And so fast forward through the morning, my husband wakes up. Um, he's still talking to God. He says, amen, because <laughs> he went to bed praying. And... He's just still asking God and petitioning, please, would you show us where we're going? And he sits down and opens his Bible and spends some time reading. And when he's finished, he opens his email. And he's got an email from Scott in Arizona, in Sedona. And it's just so cool. It says, what in the world does this mean? It's kind of the title of this email. And so David opens it. That's my husband's name. He opens the email. And he begins to read, and Scott tells him the story of going to the church, being on a worship team, reading the book, and reading the blog. And he said, I'll invite you to do the same, and you'll, have, you'll see what has my entire family gathered around the computer tonight. 
So he does that. He opens it up and he looks at the blog and he begins to read the blog and all of a sudden his eyeballs get about as big as saucers and I'm I'm sitting across the room from him. So I'm thinking like something terrible has happened. I'm like, what is it? What is it? You know, what happened to somebody, you know? And he's like, he can't even talk. And um, finally he's finished and he hands me his iPad and he said, you just, you need to see this. So I do the same. I read the email. I click on the link. I go to the blog, and I begin to read, and all of a sudden, I just stop. And I look, and next, on this blog page of this worship pastor who never met my husband, um, who lives 1,700 miles away across the country, is a picture of my husband on his blog for expressive, being expressive in worship. Uh, oh, And we, wow. we were like, what, what are the odds? You know, and, and our friend, because he's, you know, super dear to us, and my husband does, he is a little um, ornery, thought maybe he was punking him. He's like, sit, Parker, if you're punking me, <laughs> you know. But um, it just, it was a no-brainer. And my, my son, at the time he was 15 years old, he walked up behind me, and he says, well, looks like we're going to Sedona. Uh, and that I love that faith of my children that it was just a, it was a no no brainer you know we do what God says and God was faithful and He gave us a creative story um, He told us when He told us where um, it's yeah the whole story just continues to unfold there's so much more but um, it would take you know way too long to get into all that. Well, I, I love it. That is an absolutely great story. And, and I especially love that your kids got to see how God was talking. And um, just because I think they do have a harder time, you know, living in a world of that instant gratification. I had a, a similar and, and you know, you you feel funny even sharing stories sometimes or sharing oh, dreams. Yeah. It's kind of like Joseph when he said to his brothers, you know, told them the dream that you, I know that I've actually had people walk away thinking that it was an inspirational story. And instead they said, you know, I'm begging for God to heal, you know, my husband of MS and I hear nothing from God or, you know, so you have to, you know, always have that discernment in sharing that. But I, I had a, a dark time in my life and I, I was in California walking along the beach and it was similar to your flower story. That's what made me think about it was, um, I just pray, God, I, I need to see you this morning. And I know I see you in, in the beauty. I see you as I'm walking along the beach and just hearing the ocean and the sunrise. I see all that. But if you have it in you to give me one more, just a specific piece of love on this beach. Yeah. I would love that. And, um, as I was within like just a couple of minutes, there was a whole like dozen roses on the beach and it just made me smile. I, I picked them up and I brought them back to, we were staying at a beach house and I put them in the vase and, you know, logically you sit there and you justify it. Like, okay, someone threw them off the, the a cruise boat and they, you know, washed in or whatever. It didn't matter to me. I know. For a fact that that was God going, here you go. I am so walking with you um, through all of this tragedy and through all of this. And I'm here and I, I love you. Just this crazy love for you. And um, yeah, when you when you have that, it doesn't matter what anybody says on the logical perspective of it. You know, it was straight from God. No, I call them I call them hugs and kisses from God, you know. 
it's just a little kiss. It says, hey, I, you know, I'm with you. Um, you need those little bits of affection mm-hmm. um, to remind you. And it, and it doesn't matter what somebody says. It doesn't really matter what somebody else believes. Um, if we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, our heart knows, you know, when when it's the truth and when it's God. If you have a relationship with him, you should be able to recognize him. It doesn't mean the enemy doesn't come in and cause you to question or doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time you have one of those moments, um, those gifts, you know, from God, then they're just, it's one more to go, okay, I, I think I know you just a little bit better. Mm. Um, and I have a lot of those, but even still, I don't remember them sometimes. Um, yeah. Maybe that's today. Maybe that's why God has me revisiting um, mm. a beautiful story because mm. I'm kind of in one of those places where um, I should be strong and I should know better and I shouldn't be questioning and I shouldn't be doubting, but but I am. You know, mm-hmm. I'm tired. It's been a long couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and where I live, is it's heavy. And I don't try to justify or put excuses on on it. Um, but it is a heavy place to live. And so I have to go back. And I have to remember those things. And even when God doesn't show up when I'm begging, please, 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 would you wash some roses up on the shore for me? Mm-hmm. And, he, and I don't get it. Um, I still have to know. Um, and he's given me enough that I should be confident and I should be okay. Well, I, I, I love the fact that you even acknowledge that maybe just even you being on the show today, as we're talking about, what do we do in those moments of feeling so lost and where we want God to come in and orchestrate uh, just that path that we need to be going down that you acknowledge maybe this is all about you today on God just saying, hey, I wanted you to revisit the daisy. I wanted to revisit that the... the picture of your husband to go, yes, I know I'm in the right place. I know I'm exactly, you know, in, in, on the path that you have me on. And, um, this is God's way of just loving on you today. So, um, I, I love that Michelle and tell us, uh, what would be, I mean, you woke up this morning, you knew you were going to be getting on, on the show. Um, what were some of your thoughts that just help you get out of that, that lost place? Um, to just the self-talk that you go through and encouraging. Um, and, and I know Deborah gave some tips on the, the cuddle effect of, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. climbing into God's lap and, and unloading, you know, casting our cares on him and daydreaming and dancing and letting it go and evolving into a higher being. And those are all great, great tips for us. And, and we know, we know the right answers, you know, pray oh, yeah. God's word, <laughs> but what are some tips that you've just found, um, can help you? Um, for me, it was funny this morning when I got up, um, and I just wanted to spend some time with God this morning. Um, I got this image. It's not necessarily a tip, but, um, I got an image this morning of, I think, you know, like Carrie Underwood's song, Jesus take the wheel. Yes. Sometimes you know, I, I mock that <laughs> or I'll use it in <laughs> phrases, but um, I think, or that, you know, the bumper sticker, Jesus is my co-pilot. Yeah. So I, I think when I, when I think of that statement, I think, okay, I'm driving the car, Jesus is sitting next to me and he's navigating. Like that was the mindset. But this morning I got this image of Jesus, instead Jesus being behind the wheel and me sitting in the passenger seat. And what it did was it allowed me to look out of the car, you know, and see 
and dream and imagine what things could be like. Um, I was free. He was driving. He was in charge of the direction. I was free to, to be me and to see and to look instead of trying to figure everything out because I'm sitting behind that wheel and I'm just waiting for Jesus to tell me, okay, where do I go next? What do I do? Where, where am I going? What's the next move? Instead, just put him over there, you know, allow him to direct me. And then I get to be, and I don't think, honestly, I don't think I've done that in a while. I think I've sat in that seat and begged and begged and begged for the next turn. Um, and though that's great, we should be asking God for direction. And, and my story, I've done that, but that it can cause paralysis. It can cause um, this controlling nature that says, um, or I won't move until you tell me where to go. Well, that's not faith. That's Mm. not free. Um, And so I was just, I don't know, I was encouraged by that picture this morning. Um, And instead of being behind that wheel and asking Jesus to be that navigation system, um, I could allow him to do what he does, and that would allow me to be his girl, and to dream big again, um, to be a visionary, um, to love what I do again. Um, and that sometimes that's hard. It's, it's hard to do that. Um, it's not always easy, um, to love well. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard and and you get in places where, you, you know, you don't even know that you've allowed bitterness and those sorts of things to creep into your life. And, um, God is giving, giving me the opportunity to recognize it. You know, I, I don't want those seeds in there anymore, and I don't want plants. Um, I need him to come in and clean all that out um, and allow him to take the lead and allow me to be free again. And on that thought, that was a great ending, Michelle. We are um, finished today, and thank you for listening, and thank you, Michelle, for being on the show today. We'll be right back in a week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.